welcome to a special bonus mini-episode of Silver Screeners. I'm your host, Frank, and of course, thanks as always for hitting that player download button. Today's show is going to be short and sweet, as Thanksgiving Day is tomorrow. At the time of this recording, there's a turkey to cook, wine glasses to put out. This bonus show is different for a couple of reasons. First, it's going to only be about 15 minutes or so. Of course, I say that now, but we'll see how it ends up. Secondly, I'm cheating a little bit and actually turning to television and not a feature film. The focus today is on the television special A Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, which first aired in 1973 and has been on fairly regularly over the decades since. It's enjoyable. Not as much as The Great Pumpkin, to be honest, but nothing is ever going to top that slice of life. So the Thanksgiving one was made after A Charlie Brown Christmas and Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. Those were both made back-to-back in the mid-to-late 1960s. I think it was 65 and 66. And you can tell from the vocal performances that it is a new cast, and honestly, the result ain't pretty. It takes them like two or three minutes to recite one sentence. It's like, spit it out, buddy. I give you Lucy, tricking Charlie Brown with the football from the beginning. Charlie Brown, a Charlie Brown. I can't believe it. She must think I'm the most stupid person alive. Come on, Charlie Brown. I'll hold the ball and you kick it. Hold it? Ha! You'll pull it away and I'll land flat on my back and kill myself. But Charlie Brown, it's Thanksgiving. Come on, Charlie Brown, it's a big honor for you. Well, if it's that important, a person should never turn down a big honor. Besides, she wouldn't try to trick me on a traditional holiday. Look, I'm sure these kids gave it their all as they stepped up to the mic, but mother of God. You do get the trademark Charlie Brown theme in the middle of the show, but that's the only time you hear it. Mostly the soundtrack is new stuff that, as far as I know, is used only here and never again. It's cute, and it's sort of catchy. The most glaring thing that separates this one from the rest, though, is the absence of Lucy. She's only in the first minute and a half or so, the first minute and a half long prologue, and then she's pretty much sidelined for the rest of the show. You don't see her again. I mean, it's not like this rattles my cages or anything, but it is weird to have her drop out of sight when she is usually Charlie Brown's biggest nemesis. So in the interest of time, hopefully you don't mind, but I got some burning questions here that never got answered in all of my time so far on this planet, no matter how many times as a kid I've watched this. Question number one. The physical design of the character Massey. Is she supposed to be from planet Earth? How the hell can Massey see her ice cream sundae if she has no eyeballs? She's got these two white ping pong balls drawn onto her face, but no pupils, and her haircut? There's no other explanation. She's the long-lost sister of Velma from Scooby-Doo, right? She's gotta be, because if not, there's some image copyright infringement going on, and nobody's stepped up to the plate yet to address it. Question number two. Charlie Brown is hoping for a turkey cod at the beginning, and he's standing next to the mailbox. He's got the lid pulled down. Of course, it's empty. This is the kid who got rocks from the adults on Halloween, but my question is this. Since when is there mail delivery on Thanksgiving Day? Is he that dense, or is he that desperate? I mean, either way, the poor kid, it's just crying sad. Question number three. The character of Sally, as she's at the mailbox talking to Charlie Brown, she flips out over the essay she has to write on Miles Standish, or Stanley Miles, as she calls him in what I think is supposed to be sort of a cute joke. She raises her arm straight up in frustration and anger, and she says, We have to write an essay on Stanley Miles. Why do her fingertips only reach up to her ears? I mean, was it an intern or maybe a disgruntled employee who was paid to draw this? And when she's crabbing about the stress of the holiday, she hollers out, I haven't even finished eating all of my Halloween candy. What Halloween candy? She was in the pumpkin patch putting the Mac on Linus the whole night waiting for the great pumpkin, if memory serves. Why does her brother go through the trouble of ringing these doorbells just to get rocks while she somehow conjures up all the treats? Question number four. Do these kids ever change their clothes? Do they not have a washing machine? These kids must stink up the whole neighborhood. Might be why there's no adults ever around. 
Question number five. Woodstock sits down to a big old feast with the beagle. Together they chomp down on the turkey with all the fixins. Does it bother anybody else to be watching a canary eating a turkey, or is it just me? Question number six. How many friggin' toasters does one house need? They got like 18 going at once. The Brown family, are they like on constant cob overload? Question number seven. Do the Browns know that their beagle has an underground bunker with a fully functioning kitchen and a storage chest for pilgrim costumes? If they do know, why don't they cash in on it and parade him around like the anomaly that he is? And if they don't know, why don't they know? Question number eight. Linus stands up at the table to talk about the first Thanksgiving and offers up a prayer of thanks. Why the drama? The camera zooms out, the trees and the house shingles come into the foreground, and it's like, what the hell? Are we supposed to be moved to tears? Because if that's your aim, dog, it ain't working. Question number nine. Look at the scene inside the house when Charlie Brown is inside moping around because Peppermint Patty went ballistic on his sorry ass about the dinner menu. Massey patches things up between them and goes over to Peppermint Patty and says, He's all yours, Priscilla. There's an orange wall behind Peppermint Patty when she repeats in confusion, Priscilla? But the wall's suddenly blue when Charlie Brown says the same thing. Like, how many colors do you need on one wall in one room? Question number ten. Just this. That wrestling match with the lawn chair that comes to life? Um, what the hell? As yeah, so for fun facts, try this one on for size. Peppermint Patty was voiced by a 13 or 14 year old boy named Christopher DeFaria. He went on to write the screenplay for two, not one, but two, directed video Amityville horror sequels. He also served as producer of them both, before branching out into executive producer territory in films like 2011's Happy Feet 2, 2013's Gravity with Sandra Bullock, 2015's Mad Max Fury Road with Charlize Theron, 2018's Ready Player One, and 2019's Lego Movie 2. That's a pretty impressive leap to go from a cheap Amityville knockoff to something like Ready Player One. Alright, time to wrap up. So, as always, if you have any questions of your own or answers to any of mine, memories of your own that you want to share, just hit me up on my socials, FilmBuff1974 on Twitter, the film group Silver Screen is on Facebook, Frank Mendoza 1974 on Instagram, or you can email me at frankmendoza at yahoo.com. And that's it for this bonus mini-sode. I want to thank anyone who is listening, anyone who has ever listened, and anyone who will in the future be listening for giving your time. All kidding aside, I'm glad that after a few years of going back and forth, this year I finally took the plunge and got this thing up and running. And having people actually listening to it, of course, that makes it all the better. So be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Please don't hesitate to give Silver Screeners a rating on Apple, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you feel compelled to leave a quick review, I'd be grateful for any honest feedback. So, happy Thanksgiving, or whatever holiday you may celebrate. My name is Frank. I'll be seeing you in episode 32. Until then, keep on screening. And I leave you with the Charlie Brown theme to dance off into the sunset with. Until next time. 